the the yeah. aspect of, the, of that that part that you're talking about the, uh, the where the both both Tom Cruise and um, Max uh, yeah Max Lansado both like uh, were able to change the future kind of thing. Um, I really personally really appreciated that because um, that it uh, you know I I've talked about this before like one of probably one of my all time favorite books is Dune. And uh, in the Dune books, they talk a lot about uh, characters that are, uh, you know, not just precognitive, but are damn near prescient and everything. And um, the the way that Frank Herbert predicted it, the way he, you know, made his universe was that if you could see into the future, it would almost be like a big tapestry in front of you with all the webs of possible futures that were out there. But if another person in the universe was precognitive or prescient or even had a mild ability for seeing into the future, even just gleaning images and things like that, um, the moment that is possible, that person can alter things. So when you see in front of you the future laid out like a visual thing, anyone who uh, was also shared some of that ability would appear as a big black void that you could no longer see like a cloud that made it impossible to see in the future because that person could change their future. Mm -hmm. Which well, I, I, I don't know. By being aware of their future, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, like uh, if you have the ability to see into the future and you have free will, then you can change the future. So if another person has the exact same ability and could see into the future, they would not be able to know what you could, or, or you they wouldn't even be able to see the options because you would be able, you know. So I don't know. It's just an interesting thing. Like in the in those books and movies, they when they know that the emperor character you know, that the that the guy is capable of seeing into the future, the only way they can have a coup against him and and you know threat his uh, uh sorry uh the only way they can um uh try to overthrow him and kill him is to conspire with another person that is precognitive in the room so that that way he'll be able to see what they're doing spoilers all the spoilers yeah. no no this is no, no no don't worry this is for i'm talking about books that are never going to get made into movies this is later on Later on in the universe. Yeah. Uh -huh. well, I, just, I also the I mean the word tapestry is entirely relevant because of I mean the Star Trek episode yeah. uh, tapestry. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's kind of a mirror image of what that episode is of looking into your past and you know like the tapestry of your life unraveling. Uh, it, it, uh, making different decisions and so on and so forth. And, you know, like these predestination paradoxes and, um, you know, whether or not they're true and so on and so forth. It, 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 I mean, whenever you're dealing, I mean, the thing is we already did an episode on predestination. We already talked about time travel concepts and i mean minority report is a time travel movie 
it's just a different kind of time travel movie. It's, you know, can you see into the future? It's not a matter of, um, I mean, it's, it's not the same thing as if you kill your grandpa, you know, does that create a paradox where you'll never be born and not be able to go back in time to kill your grandpa? You know, it, it's it's a different kind of time travel story, but it's still a time travel story. It deals with a lot of the same concepts at the very least. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that word tapestry is actually kind of important. Um, I wanted to ask you guys your thoughts on the, this. Uh, just What because... is the definition of tapestry? <laughs> oh. Like... Uh... Like, like if uh, it, if it helps like um to to put a, a th- theme wise what that yeah is a weft face plane weave with discontinuous weft of conceal weave um yeah I mean I I guess tapestry would be like the picture of your life in a way right yeah like a yeah. big picture yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways I, but but first you go Jason because I was gonna say oh. something about the freedom free will thing but after. Oh, if you want to, you can go first. I don't... Uh, no, I was mostly going to say uh, uh, the um, uh, the way I've always looked at it is that as long as we have this one universe, at least that we can perceive, whatever was going to happen was going to happen. I do think that it's nothing's changing that unless you are out of space, like uh, out of time, like if you're a time traveler and could change time. And then even that probably was predestined to some degree. Um, but because, and I think, I guess the way Frank Herbert did it, um, makes sense because we don't know what we're going to do. We have the illusion of free will, but we really don't. Um, but the moment that you know what you're going to do and have the choice to change it, um, then, then yes, at that point, you would be an individual in the universe that has free will because, because you're aware of your choices and can make different ones. Um, so that's, you know, uh, and in some capacity, you can change the future, essentially, if you're a precog, at least in the Dune universe, it sounds like. Um, <laughs> yes. So um, I think if, if, we're, if we're talking about free will and destiny, we have to go back to the perhaps the greatest cinematic example of it was in Forrest Gump. That, that is the, the final speech he gives at Jenny's grave, graveside. He's, he's talking about that very thing. And I haven't heard you guys mention it once in, in the podcast. Yeah, well, what, was the, uh, what was the speech? <laughs> well, he's, he's just standing there and he's kind of thinking out loud to himself, like, you know, which, which is it? Is it like what my mama said, where we're, we're all predestined to do things? Like she told him earlier in the movie, like she was destined to be his mama. Or is it more like what Lieutenant Dan says, where you know there there is no destiny, like we're all just floating around on a breeze? Is, <laughs> is what he says. I love the way you the said that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's I mean, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful scene. It's uh, what does he say? Does he say that it's both? Because it's both. I mean, yeah, exactly. I think it's both. Yeah, I think it's both. Is that what he says? That it's starting to come back to me. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what he said. This is this that's is true. uh, isn't this the scene he just like got done dropping off Haley Joel Osment to um, at the bus stop or something like that? No, it happens before it. He's he's describing like um, he's talking. It's after Jenny's dead, and he's just describing to her like how how he's doing, 
Who talks? I about hope it would be and, after she's dead. He's talking to her yeah. grave. He's uh, he's talking about uh, how smart he is, and you know they have a little montage of him reading to him, and, and just kind of just like showing what the his life is like after her after she's gone. And then the scene where he takes him, his son to the bus stop—that's the very last scene in the movie. Okay, and this is all before he develops the ability to see ghosts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Okay, a few, a few years him. prior. A few years prior. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, before he became uh, Pinocchio. Yes. And before he became part of the VSQ universe. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> the walrus movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I wanted to ask you guys uh, what your thoughts were on, because um, I, I find it interesting that this movie presents the pre-crime thing as a moral dilemma. And to me, at least... I only have two problems with how they're using this pre-crime thing. I don't actually see any problem with it at all, except for two things. Number one, it's completely victimizing the three precogs and that's not good. Like if there was a way for them to do it without completely destroying the lives of three people, then that would be one huge step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And then the other aspect that I, only the only other aspect actually that I have a problem with is that uh, this imprisonment system is awful. Like, I mean, this is worse than Demolition Man. You know? <laughs> I was going like, to say Demolition like, Man. <laughs> at, at least in Demolition Man, they put them on ice and they have like the machines hooked up to their head so that they're technically uh, being some sort of futuristic rehabilitation program or something like that. Like this program is like, oh, you committed pre-crime. Um, you didn't actually commit a crime, but we know you were about to commit murder. And we're going to put you in suspended animation forever with no parole, <laughs> no nothing. Like people commit awful crimes in our world right now. And they get off like five to 10 years later sometimes, you know? Like, uh, and sometimes they're a better person for it. You know, there's all kinds of really yeah. great stories of people who, even though I'm, I'll be the first one to admit we have a messed up system, our, our judicial system and our, um, and our prison systems are very messed up and they have lots of problems that need to be corrected. But there are tons of stories of it, of it going well, where people bettered themselves. They got an education while they were in prison. They came back a changed person. And then they lived out the rest of their life. Very happy, very successfully sometimes, you know, depending on the person, of course. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, I, anyone who's seen heat knows that the, uh, you know, the, the returning prisoners back into society is, is a whole nother issue that we have done very poorly with in our society. But, you know, I mean, my point is, what the heck is this system that they, they commit one crime of passion or they don't even commit it. They're about to commit one crime of passion. The police, the future police show up and stop them. And then their, their life is over. Like oh. this is horrendous. It's it definitely is, very like, dystopian. It's so <laughs> dystopian. It's terrifying. You know, I can understand why everyone's like, "Don't put that thing on my head." Don't very, put very. On my head. Um, I don't know. There's some vibes in this movie, like very Robocop exactly. vibes. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I. Okay, I, this is coming from somebody who has sat face to face with uh, confessed murderers. Okay, yes. so, yeah. Yeah, 
it is entirely dystopian and it's entirely wrong. And I think that's the entire point. Well, is I, that, I, yeah. I just, uh, I, I, that's what I wanted to ask you about though, is because is to me, at least, I want to get your, your, your side of the opinion on this. To me, had, and I'm not talking about this as a criticism of the movie. I'm just talking about the concept in, in a, let's just talk about this. You know, to me, if this technology existed and they didn't have to use three human lives to achieve it, you know, uh, living this tortured existence. Um, and also, if they were just apprehending these people and putting them into rehabilitation programs and possibly some sort of cell, you know, something where they're keeping them away from society for a while, I would be all for this. You know, I think this would be outstanding. Yeah, uh, you know, honestly, the way that they're doing it is horrific. Not, not to mention, uh, go Matt, but uh, oh, yeah. sorry. Uh, actually, one of my criticisms, and and also something at the end of the movie that makes me think that maybe it's just in John Anderton's head and not a real thing, is like the complete disbandment of pre-crime where it's just like, oh, couldn't you just use that? And like, okay, well, they're saying that a murder might be happening like 20 minutes from now and we could just send officers to see if it's happening and stop yeah. it if it does <laughs> yeah. i mean doesn't doesn't that seem like a more plausible like middle ground than just like throwing the baby out with the bathwater? <laughs> well and, and um they uh they stop the crimes, right? And like, like, let's use the one in the movie as an example. We know, like, we not only did we see the future, they got there just as it was happening and barely stopped the murder, right? Wow. So there, even by today's standards, there is no problem whatsoever uh, convicting this guy of attempted murder. Right. Right. In the uh, third degree, right? Uh, I, 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 it, it depends on the state, but yeah. 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 I mean, at the very least, a lot of these people are criminals. And I like that there's a nice little throwaway line where it says, many of them were kept a, a watchful eye on or something like that. It's like, some of these people are just downright murderers. <laughs> Come on. Like, like they might have been very successful murderers for their whole life. Be, uh, and then got to DC. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, like they might have successfully murdered dozens of people and then got to DC and got caught, you know, like you know, because of pre yeah. crime. Like, you know, so that's I know. what I was gonna say is that because there's this focus on uh, like freedom of will, like essentially the system says that people don't have a choice if if the system if the the system thinks it knows what's gonna happen. Therefore, if anything, there it should be an argument for uh, less harsh punishment, let alone like a, an attempted murder. But but actually, just yes, removing from society, rehabilitating. Like you know, you've just been stopped by pre-crime. You know, you could have done this. Like you know, and and yes, don't let them out on the street the next day. But probably like a couple of years, like maybe a year, like I think the point of a system like this in a non-dystopian future would be to actually, you know, stop people from becoming criminals, essentially, especially when it's a crime yeah. of passion. If it's premeditated, then yes, that's a whole different Absolutely. calculation. 
But someone that was going to kill his wife is probably not going to kill anybody else in their lives. And, it's and it's like a one-off a thing. Great, think about what a great tool for rehabilitation it would be if they had the footage to show him. Like, he's, he's arrested. They start his rehabilitation days later or whatever, you know, after he's adjusted to his new confinement and whatever. And then it's like showing him, look what you were about to do. And like literally being able to show a person a, 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 you know, a future recording of them violently stabbing someone, you know, I mean, like that would be, that would work very well. I would hope (laughs) I'm not a psychologist. I don't know. The the thing is, I'm pretty sure that would work, but I'm, I'm a pessimist and I'm looking at the world as it is right now. And you give this power to a government and we're just going to, yeah, we're just going to be hillowing people left and right. I, I think that it's going to look like minority report. If we give that to even the municipal, the municipality that is DC. Oh, I, I, I agree this. with that. Yeah. I, I mean, right. I, I, I mean totally. that is a, an Orwellian fucking state as it is. You give them the power of, you know, potentially seeing into the future they are going to throw people in prison left and right mostly right because <laughs> they're just going to imprison everybody who's to the right of bernie sanders uh, oh for a minute there i wasn't uh, sure you were making a political statement no no <laughs> that's how fucked up dc is no i believe you i'm just saying <laughs> uh yeah, they're yeah. They'll fu- it, 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 it'll be like Leventry Brea, you know. Just find the man, and I'll find the crime, hmm. uh, and it'll be open season. I don't have any faith in government, and that's why Minority Report works so well. Is that you know? It's just like you know, these are government agents. Suddenly, it seems like government agents can just fix things. They can just fix everything, right? They can just make they can just make this bad thing go away. Isn't that awesome? Why would you ever question this? Why would you raise your hand and say, "Hey, how about civil liberties?" Yeah, and then you figure out that civil liberties are still a real thing and important, and you know maybe it is worth a life or two. The good of many outweigh the few or the one. Um, I was just this is something you could totally cut out. I was just gonna say. <laughs> As a woodworker, I'm jealous when I watch this movie because I would like to be able to create perfect golf ball sized spheres of beautiful <laughs> hardwood and have it like uh, have it a nice, beautiful clear coat on it that it's like perfectly spherical. I don't even I'm, I'm trying to think in my head how that would dry. How would that finish dry on that wood it, and have a perfect, you know, Un, unbroken finish all the way around it. You got to set it on something, you know. That's a, obviously their little future machine working there. But how could I do it? You know, I'm thinking to myself, uh, I can't can't imagine how that would work. 
Well, maybe in 30 years. You'll find out. <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah, 31 years. Yeah. I'm gonna make uh I'm gonna make a red ball. I'm gonna put Matt's name on it. <laughs> <laughs> As the murderer or the victim. That would be a good uh, birthday gift. I know. I was thinking about that. Well, wouldn't uh, wouldn't either one be funny? No. <laughs> uh, I just can't put remember. like the, uh, the red put ones red were the premeditated, or the or the, uh, the, brown the, the the red ones were crimes of passion. The uh, uh, the brown balls were um, uh, premeditated. Well, the, I'll tell you, uh, red is i when i make red on a cutting board it's it's african paduk uh, i meant paduk i'm not sure if i'm saying that word correctly but it's it's about three times as expensive as mahogany which i think is what the other one was uh yeah. so uh, it would be uh especially to find it in about an inch or more than a, about a two inch thickness uh to start out with to make the ball out of that would be quite difficult but <laughs> I'll work on it. I'll see what I can do. I've got plenty of mahogany. I don't have any, I don't have a, very much paduk. Why? I hear balls and inches and. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Andrew. Any any more thoughts? Uh, yes, definitely. Um, the main thing I think I want to take away from this, I think. Tom Cruise really deserves his flowers. You know, I, I didn't realize at the time I went and I looked at the number of movies he just made over like this next five or six year span. And he gave incredible performances through each of them. And I've had mm -hmm. a friend who's who's had the audacity and this statement alone has made me question whether I should keep being friends with him. He's, who, who said that Tom Cruise isn't a great actor. And I'm like, no, no, that's blasphemy. That's blasphemy. Don't let, don't let the Church of Scientology hear, hear you saying that. But you're just, you're just saying things that aren't true. I mean, but this band, you know, we already talked about Minority Report, the absolutely incredible, magnificent War of the Worlds. You got Last Samurai out there. Uh, yeah, I was watching Collateral earlier. Like these are movies that were all stacked on top of each other. I mean, all while the guys freaking getting a divorce and dating Penelope Cruz. Like he's he's a legend. Yeah, I, I yeah. think he deserves his clout. Yeah, Tom Cruise. I I I mean, honestly, I'm sad to say this, but also happy to uh, you know kind of acknowledge him. He is the last truly great action star uh I, I and i mean i know that we still have dwayne johnson and you know dwayne johnson jason but, statham give jason statham something uh, yeah Keanu, jason Keanu could do another john wick yeah uh, yeah yeah and Keanu reeves is a fucking vampire too um yes. but, but still Keanu reeves isn't driving a motorcycle off of a cliff and parachuting down at the age of 60 like tom cruise is i mean like nobody is doing what tom cruise is doing uh for our entertainment and i don't think that anybody is ever going to do what tom cruise is doing in the future because tom cruise is paying to do what he's doing 
He's a producer on most of what he's doing. He is insuring himself on what he's doing. I mean, like I, I, the, the halo jump in fallout, uh, Henry Cavill actually wanted to do it himself too, but the insurance companies wouldn't let him do it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, the uh andrew weren't you saying something about tom cruise and this time in his career just just it's just it's just crazy how prolific he was like you go and you look at his i was just gonna say when you said that i looked it up and it's uh, the the decade of the of the aughts for him is very impressive up until the end he's got one stinker out of the whole decade it's pretty good he's got vanilla sky Minority Report, and then his his excellent cameo in Austin Powers Goldfinger or Goldmember, sorry. Uh, then The Last Samurai, Collateral, War of the Worlds. Then, in my opinion, the best of the Mission Impossible movies, Mission Impossible Three. And then he did Lions for Lambs, which was meh, you know, it was all right. And then probably one of the greatest performances he's ever given. Les Grossman in Tropic Thunder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, and then unfortunately he ends the decade with Valkyrie. Um and um and then a movie that I still not see to this day, but I've heard is actually quite fun and good. Uh the the movie Night and Day. I, I didn't see that one, but I heard it was good. Yeah. 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 Uh, we should do a full episode on Tropic Thunder just to piss people off well, we are we we're supposed to do it with uh yusuf yeah. oh yeah, right yeah, yeah we should do that yeah yeah tropic thunder it was awesome uh especially because it came out you know when we were all in film school but at the same time they we also did a screening of it one night i think for one of dr jim's classes and just watching <laughs> that movie in the upstairs theater <laughs> with like a room full of like film school guys uh, it was so much fun like the whole, oh my whole movie everybody was but the the biggest laugh was when tom cruise uh asked for a grip to punch the director yes yeah. <laughs> if anyone anyone who has ever worked as a grip or with grips on a set and and then knowing the backstory that 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 was the key grip on the like in the movie and they just had him play himself basically <laughs> Where's the key grip? Punch oh, that guy in that. the face. Yeah. He was the actual key grip? That's what I, at least what I heard. I, I didn't work on the movie. I don't know. But, uh, right? And, and it's it's like, it's actually good acting. The way he walks up to him and he kind of shrugs, you know? He kind of goes like, sorry. Bah! You know? <laughs> bah! <laughs> of all the sound effects for like a punch. Bah! Yeah, that's, that's my onomatopoeia for a punch. <laughs> I have a feeling that we should have both Andrew and Yusuf for that uh, for that episode. Oh wow, that would be. Uh, I mean, it's tough for us to get these under two hours for the four way uh, episodes, let alone five way. Yeah. But uh, it's gonna happen yeah. someday. Yeah, yeah someday. Pleasure to, that would just be a pleasure to listen to, just because that's such a fun movie. <laughs> yeah. um, the um. Um, I was going to say about Tom Cruise, the, I think I might've mentioned this in a prior episode at some context. Like what was the last Tom Cruise? Oh, Top no. Gun? 
no, 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 no. I'm talking about like a movie that we spoke about in the podcast that was related to it. But maybe, oh, maybe in the Oscars episode or something, I mentioned mm. this that that Tom Cruise as I like him. I, I don't dislike him, and definitely all the performances we mentioned. But but I do feel like uh, I, I lament the fact that he was a. a not just a, a good actor, but a great actor early in his career and just kind of decided to not make very, very serious movies anymore. I, I think his last one, probably like his best, like serious, like um, performance last one was like collateral that I can think of. Everything else has been basically action movies and entertainment. Like he just doesn't do like, I wouldn't say like Oscar movies, but like, you know, a, a good solid, like, indie movie or the up-and-coming director it's just not a shtick he's just uh making the most money possible entertainer action star type of guy and i don't know hope i'm hoping that at some point when it runs its course maybe he'll have like one last phase of his career where he can just age into serious roles again because i do think he was an asset in those movies at some point in his career yeah oh yeah I, I get what you're saying. Um, I I also think that on some level, maybe uh, at least from his point of view, maybe some of the projects he picks, he does view as that. And then they just don't quite come out as stellar as maybe he had hoped, you know? Yeah. I, I also think that there's a, a component of comparative advantage. You know, it, it's just like, I mean, it, again, the guy's 60 and still jumping out of planes. Yes, I think that, I mean, I just rewatched Collateral today. He is great as a sociopath <laughs> in that movie. He is freaking amazing. I mean, he should have gotten some Oscar recognition for that role. He is He's a really good actor, but, you know, people are more interested and more entertained when he's holding onto the side of a plane. So he does nah, I, I think he can do both. There's no reason why I, there's a lot of actors that do both. I, 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 yeah. I'm, not saying, I, I'm not saying that he can't do both. I'm saying that there's a limited amount of time in your life <laughs> And he's using the amount of time that he has with the vampirish youth that he has to, you know, do that kind of, you know, crazy shit while he can still do it. And, you know, yeah, you know, I, I think after these uh, Mission Impossible movies, I think he's got to be done. Because he's in his sixties. I mean, he's not—he's not, not going to be able to do that shit anymore. So, uh, you know, yeah, I, I think that his foreseeable future is going to be, you know, making more movies like Collateral or you know, doing you know more of the indie kind of shit, uh, but. I, I mean, I, I think that for the most part, he's just been using his time to 
bolster entertainment while he still has the physical ability to do it. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I don't think well, he has physical just... ability to do it. There's stunt people, but you know, I I, I get it. But, like he wants to do it while he's young, sort of like how Matthew McConaughey or uh, Gerard Butler did, like you know, like um, romantic comedies for a few years or whatnot. Um, you know, like that type of thing. But I feel like he's it's a bit too long of a run for me. But it's okay. I mean, you know, uh, yeah. Hopefully, in the seventies, we can get like a few more solid performances. Uh, let, me just, let me just uh, suggest this real quick because I, I mean, I know I kind of already said this, but let me just kind of back up what I was saying. I, I I think it's very plausible that he's not making a choice to make popcorn movies. I think he's trying to do like like what Gil just said that there's room to do both, you know. But like, think about it: if you had never seen these movies before and you just had a script in front of you and you were deciding what to make, right? So. In 2000, uh, right after making Mission Impossible 2, he then goes and, uh, you know, decides to work with Cameron Crowe, right? Mm -hmm. And he makes a pretty interesting remake of, a, you know, foreign film, Vanilla Sky, that was like very different. It's the second time he's worked with Cameron Crowe, I think, right? If I'm not mistaken. Um and then he does Minority Report, which worked out pretty darn good. And then he does a silly cameo. Then it's like, I love The Last Samurai. I know a lot of people love The Last Samurai, but a lot of people think it's a little silly or problematic or whatever. But, you know, he makes this historical, he makes a historical epic where he's the lead character in this like incredible movie where he has to learn to speak Japanese and everything. I mean, uh, and then... Then collateral, uh, you know, he decided to work with um, uh, uh, Michael Mann, of course. Then he goes back to Spielberg and does War of the Worlds and then back to his franchise. And then he decides he wants to work uh, doing this as a play a politician for um, uh, for Redford, you know. Then two movies later, he decides he wants to work with the, at the time, not yet disgraced, Brian Singer. Uh, Brian Singer. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, I mean, if you look at these and you don't look at the movies for how they actually turned out, you know. Oh, and then oh, and then right after Valkyrie, he that movie I just mentioned, Night and Day, that's James Mangold. You know, like, <laughs> and and then a little later on is the those those sci-fi movies, Oblivion and Edge of Tomorrow. You know, forget about how any of these movies either were successful or weren't. I think if you look at it from his point of view, not knowing what's going to happen some of them turn out to be collateral, you know, and some of them turn out to be Valkyrie, you know, but I don't think it's like, he's not trying. I don't think it's like, he's in a phase. Yeah. I just think that he, that for the last uh, 15 years, you know, let's say of his career, he, his big hits have been like his box office hits and, and, and uh, critical hits have been mission impossible type movies and Jack Reacher and stuff like that. Whereas his yeah. more, uh, his more, uh, what would you say? Like uh, uh, maybe substantial or maybe just uh, uh, perhaps even just risky movies maybe didn't quite pan out the way he had hoped they would, you know, like the way Collateral did. Right. And nobody should forget Edge of Tomorrow. I mean, that is a really good movie that, 
Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I still uh, need to watch I, it. It's on HBO Max. I, I, mean, I think it's Emily, good. Emily Blunt has never been sexier. <laughs> She's very sexy in that movie, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess that's why he did... Uh, he also did... I mean, the last uh, semi-serious movie, I guess, that he did was like maybe uh, American Made. And that was I also didn't see the, that one. Was it good? I, I didn't Whoa. see it, but I'm just looking at his filmography and um yeah i mean i think i agree with you jason that seems to be spilling into i mean he also did the rock of ages which was like a turn in a different direction that was 2012 so i guess up until up until an edge of tomorrow and oblivion i do feel like is the big budget action movie type you know it's like it goes jack reacher action movie oblivion sci-fi action edge of tomorrow sci-fi action mission impossible action jack reacher action the mummy action American Made is the only non-action, even that is a semi-action, I guess, because he's yeah. he's playing like an agent. So you're, or something. you're right. The last ten years, at least, have been very much like uh, since yeah. Rock of Ages. He's basically made action movies. No, you're right. As, you're right. Sen- uh, except fair. for American Made. So I feel like it's got like a like a essentially like a ten-year run where he's not really <clears throat> doing the the line for lambs, the collateral, the yeah, you know, yeah, you're right. last samurai. That that's what I'm saying. That it seems like he's now binging on this like while I'm looking semi young, let me just make all these action movies to like make a ton of money so I can donate to Scientology at the Church of Scientology or something. I don't <laughs> that's know. That's probably well, accurate. I, I don't know. I don't well, I think <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, I well, I was going to say, I think I've always gotten the feeling, and I want to reference Heat here for for Tom Cruise. Like the action is the juice. Like I think that that's what <laughs> it, attracts him to these movies is because he has a ton of fun, like doing all this crazy shit that he does. But I, I also appreciate that he has kind of stuck with this run of action movies because he is elevating, um, you know, that 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 type of genre. When when you take a look at what he accomplished with Top Gun Maverick, I mean that was such an, an exquisite film. Was I said it afterwards? It was like the gold standard of popcorn movies. Like that's the level like people should aspire to. And uh, I think the last few Mission Impossible's have been spectacular. I can't wait for the next ones to come out. And I am curious to see what it what what else he does afterwards. And if he does start doing like his you know like his more serious less popcorn movie oriented roles. I mean, I'm down for it because I know he's a fantastic actor, but, you know, I definitely am very appreciative of the stuff that he's done. And, um, yeah, I can't, I can't wait to see what happens next. I'm pretty sure he's going to try to get his movie in space, like, uh. <laughs> before, before he hangs it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't, Tom I don't want to sound in space. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to sound like an asshole here, but um, <laughs> I, when, when Gil brought it up, the American made movie, I clicked on it just to check and see. Um, I, I, it's so sad. I, I feel like Doug Lyman. Um, uh, I think his, his first three movies are like his best movies. And, and then since then it's like, I'm looking at, the decades that came after and it's like he's had some pretty successful movies but i don't think he's come close to those three. Oh, maybe edge maybe of edge tomorrow. of tomorrow maybe edge of tomorrow would be about the, the yeah but yeah. uh i like the wall i liked the wall but i thought i would like it way more like yeah. once i saw it i was like eh, i'm glad i didn't go to the theater to see it that's that's how i felt 
I, I saw it for free at home, and I'm really glad I didn't pay money for it. No, I, no, I mean, the, the man, yeah, the man deserves attention. I mean, are we, are we talking it, about Doug Lyman or are we talking about Tom Cruise? <laughs> Both, but I, I mean, Tom Cruise, like, this is a guy who is willing to jump out of a plane at what, 20,000 feet in the air for our entertainment. And I, I don't care that he's a Scientologist. I'm, I, I, I'm not an, an, an illiberal leftist who is going to dive into his personal life and his personal beliefs in order to assess what he's actually producing for the world. He's producing something valuable for the world. And he has been for a lot of years. And he's fun. He is just fun. And he is producing fun. And he's, I, I, I will always pay money to see Tom Cruise jump out of a fucking plane or drive a motorcycle off of a cliff. I will always pay money for that because the guys just fucking get at it. I don't care. I what don't he's know. Doing. I I never understood that. I I tried to watch some of the Mission Impossible movies. They were just impossible <laughs> to watch. Oh, that's and uh, and Oblivion was like okay, like it wasn't great. Uh, I I I just don't. It doesn't appeal to me. But but I will try to see eventually Top Gun Maverick and Edge of Tomorrow because they've. To me, like Tom Cruise, uh, his action movies are kind of like the MCU. Like I, I just get disappointed every time I give one of those a try. But but I'll I'll, I'll hold hope for Edge of Tomorrow and Top Gun Maverick. That's that a gross comparison. Uh, no, it's uh, not. Uh, yes, it is. Your reaction to it is gross. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, it I'm, I'm glad Andrew is here because he was on the MCU episode. <laughs> yeah, I think Tom was rumored to like do a couple of uh, of those parts at least for like a, a one-off. I, I, I mean, the MCU is full of sissy actors on green screens pretending hey. like they're in peril, <laughs> and like the Mission Impossible series is full of real stunts per performed in real time on camera with real people actually putting their lives on the lines for you and you don't see the difference i mean God, it, like, it's it, i i no no it, the, the mission impossible movies are leaps and bounds better than the mcu that's not accurate oh that I issue do, that i, I generally appreciate with what you're saying the issue that I have, I agree with you. They're slightly more adult than the MCU, but but the same cartoonish aspect to it, I think, sticks because because I feel like action movies that don't have much more than just action are are essentially cartoons for adults. So that's that's my issue with it. That's why I uh, I, I I hold for like the action movies that actually have more to it than just the action. Matt, did you see Extraction? Uh, no, I did not. You should see it. It's uh, it's the Chris Hemsworth vehicle that's um, that's like directed by his. I could be wrong about this. Don't hold me to this. I'm pretty sure it was directed by the stunt coordinator who worked with him before previously on okay. some of his movies. And it's like, I mean, 
it's the kind of movie you'd like. I mean, it's it's got some seriously good stunt work in it. And it's not MCU, so it's making my point, right? Well, it's the uh, Russo brothers, no? I well, it's it's Chris Hemsworth, and you just called him a sissy on a green screen. Yeah, and I mean, like you look at you look at the work that Chris Evans put into the Captain America films. I mean, that, that's definitely not a, a a fair statement. Like he he did some pretty impressive stuff there. Uh, I he didn't jump out of a fucking plane. <laughs> he actually yeah, did. did. Uh, not for me. Yeah. <laughs> there's a plane involved somewhere there. Uh, out of yeah, movie. I mean, he usually does. Just, just to just to answer Gil's question, it was uh, the movie was written by the Russo brothers. It was oh. directed by Sam Hargrave. Oh, okay. I, oh, interesting. Yeah.